This morning we consider another story from the Old Testament. The the story of Nehemiah rebuilding the wall around the city of Jerusalem. A story of facing the impossible. Let's begin by, by just starting with the first part of the story of Nehemiah. In Nehemiah 1, verses 1 through 11. Listen as I read. It says, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, in the month of Kislev, in the twentieth year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanai, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men. And I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile are back and are back in the, in the province, are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And then I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and obey his commands, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you gave to your servant Moses. Remember the instructions you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people, whom you redeemed by your great strength and mighty hand, O Lord. Let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant, and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. I was a cupbearer to the king. Let's just take a moment and pray. Dear dear Father, I pray uh, this morning not only for myself as I bring forth this message, but God, I pray for each person that's listening. I pray that you will work in these moments, that you'll work in me as I bring forth this message, but God, that you'll also work in us as we receive your word and help us to be not just, again, hearers of your word, but doers of it. And so work in these moments is our prayer. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. That is absolutely impossible. It won't work. I mean, it just won't work. Him change? Are you kidding me? That that guy will never change. Why? I don't think there's anything I can do about it. Do any of those lines sound familiar? I mean, they should. We, we, we hear them almost every day, and sometimes we say them. I mean, week after week, we are faced with problems in our lives, and sometimes those problems are big problems, impossible problems, and that can easily discourage us. 
the writer of the chorus, God Any Rivers, knew that feeling. Remember the words of that chorus? God Any Rivers you think are uncrossable? God Any Mountains you can't tunnel through? God specializes in things thought impossible. He does the things others cannot do. I wonder this morning, do you have any rivers that you think are uncrossable? Do you have any mountains that you can't tunnel through? Are you facing any impossible problems in your life? I mean, life tends to bring those kinds of problems, but thankfully the Bible offers us some answers as we face the impossible dilemmas of life. Someone has said life is 10% what happens to you and 90% of how you respond to it. In today's scripture, a man named Nehemiah is faced with an impossible problem. As we read in our text, it troubles him to learn from his brother that the wall around the holy city, Jerusalem, still lay in ruins. See, the city of Jerusalem was destroyed by the Babylonians in 587 B.C. And though the temple was rebuilt by Zerubbabel in 516 B.C., the wall around the city had never been rebuilt. And so for more than 140 years, this wall has been in ruins. And what could, what, what could Nehemiah, what could he do about it? I mean, he was hundreds of miles away from Jerusalem in Persia. He was serving as a cupbearer to a pagan king. There seemed to be nothing that he could do. His, his situation seemed impossible. Though the problems that we face in life are, are a lot different than Nehemiah's problem. Still, the steps that he took in dealing with his impossible problem are the same steps that we can take as dealing with the impossible problems of our lives. Step number one, have a clear, positive vision of what you'd like to see happen with your problem. Nehemiah had a vision, a vision of rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem. He thought about it, he mourned over it, he dreamed about it. It didn't matter to him that the wall was in shambles. It didn't matter to him that he served a pagan king. It didn't matter that he was hundreds of miles away from Jerusalem. Nehemiah had this positive vision of the walls rebuilt around the city of Jerusalem. And that's where we need to begin our, with our impossible problems. We, we need a positive vision of what would like to see happen. For too often, we have a tendency to look at things negatively. I mean, it's so easy at times to just throw up your hands... And do nothing. I, I heard the story about a man who saw an ad in a newspaper. Hunting dog for sale, $2,500, well worth it. He called the number and the man told him that he'd have to see the dog in action. So the next morning they met and they went hunting early. The dog fleshed out two birds from a clump of bushes and, and they fell into the ground. The, the dog walked on top of the water, grabbed the birds, walked back on top of the water. I, I mean, this man was amazed, and he bought the dog on, on the spot. The next day, he proceeded, he proceeded his brother, he persuaded his brother to, to go hunting with him. 
They fleshed out a couple of birds. The dog again walked on the top of the water, retrieved the birds, and then walked on top of the water back to the boat. He asked his brother what he thought about the dog. And the the, the brother replied, So you bought a dog that can't swim? You know, some people only see the negatives. And sometimes we can be like that. Seeing the negatives instead of the positives. Being pessimistic instead of optimistic. Seeing what we can't do instead of what we can do. See, with that kind of an attitude, problems will overcome us instead of us overcoming problems. And so what we need to do instead is to have a clear, positive vision of what we'd like to see happen. I remember learning in a leadership training course some years ago about how important it is to have a positive image in our minds. As one person pointed out, as long as a man imagines imagines that he cannot do a certain thing, it is impossible for him to do it. And so if you're going to make a public presentation, you want to picture yourself doing a wonderful job. If you have a big task to do, picture yourself, the job done, and you're sitting in the shade with a cold glass of lemonade. If you have a problem with the person, see yourself getting along with that person. They are even recognizing today in the medical field that a positive mental image has a lot to do with good physical health. And so when we're faced with those impossible situations of life, the first step we must take is to develop just a clear, positive vision of what we'd like to see happen with our problem. Step number two, ask God's help with your problem. Nehemiah immediately turned to God in prayer. For many days, the scripture says that he wept and he fasted and, and he prayed. He prayed for God's forgiveness, he prayed for God's guidance, and he prayed for God's help. And the first place that we should turn amidst the problems of life is to God in prayer. Nehemiah didn't think first about what King Arxaxerxes might help, how he might help him. Instead, he turned to the King of Kings for his help. And that's exactly what we need to do. As someone has said, the shortest distance between a problem and a solution is the distance between your knees and the floor. The one who kneels to the Lord can stand up to anything. For for see, we have a God who specializes in the impossible. Listen to what the prophet Jeremiah said about God. Jeremiah 32 verse 17. All sovereign Lord... You have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is too hard for God. Whatever you consider as your impossible problem, nothing, nothing is too hard for God. Listen to how God responded in Jeremiah 32, verse number 27. Just down the chapter a little bit. It says, I am the Lord. The God of all mankind is anything too hard for me? (laughs) That that question, is anything too hard for me? I believe God would want us to substitute our impossible problem for that word anything. Is is this problem that you have too hard for God? (laughs) 
The obvious answer that God wanted to say to us is, No, nothing is too hard for me. I I don't know this morning all that you might be dealing with in your life. And, And none of us know what the future holds. But we know who holds the future. And we know that God keeps His word and He has told us nothing is too difficult for me. See, faith... It is the simple confidence that God is and that God will do as He's promised. And so we make a mistake if we fail to turn to Him in prayer, if we fail to take this second step and to ask God for His help with our problem. Step number three, to carefully plan what needs to be done about your problem. Again, that's exactly what Nehemiah did. He carefully planned the work of rebuilding the wall. He planned all the supplies and all the workers that would be needed to get the job done. And when he arrived in Jerusalem, he didn't just start building, he inspected and measured the sections of the wall. Nehemiah was planning the work that he needed, that he needed and the people needed to do to get the job done. And so careful planning is an important part of getting any task done. Careful planning is an essential part of getting any problem solved. I, I had a college professor, Don Hargrave, who had a couple, who, who had a lot of different uh, cute sayings. But I, I remember a couple of them quite well. He used to say, the only place where success comes before work is in the dictionary. And then another one that he had, and this one's the one I really want to key on him, plan your work and work your plan. I mean, that's what Nehemiah did. He planned the work, and then he worked his plan, and that's what we need to do. And yet many times when we're faced with an impossible problem, we don't develop any plan for dealing with the problems. We never sit down and make a list about what we should do to solve the problem. And again, this is where... Prayer can help. For there are times, and we've all had them, when in the problems of life we simply don't know what to do, but God does. And He's promised in His Word that as we make our plans, He will direct our paths. Just, just listen to Proverbs 16, 9. In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. And so we need to go and make plans, and God will help us. God will guide us. James 1, 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Therefore, if we don't know what to do, we should ask God. And he promises to generously provide his wisdom. He will help us make our plans. But it's just important that we take this third step. We must carefully plan what needs to be done about our problem. Step number four. Enlist others to help you with your problem. I mean, first of all, Nehemiah enlisted the help of God. And then he enlisted enlisted the help of of King Arxaxerxes. He asked the king that he would give him and his men protection as they returned to Jerusalem. He also asked him to give them some lumber from the king's forest for the city's gates. Nehemiah needed help, and he asked for it. When he arrived in Jerusalem, he enlisted the whole town 
to get involved in the work. Each family was responsible for rebuilding the section of the wall closest to their home. He needed help, he asked for help, and the people helped. And there are times when we face impossible situations that we too need help. However, sometimes we find it difficult to ask for help. We don't don't want anyone to know that we're having a problem. And so we choose to tell no one. And that's a mistake. Nehemiah would have never been able to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem alone. We all face some problems that we cannot overcome by ourselves. We need others to help us. I literally plead with couples in my premarital counseling that if you have serious marriage problems as you go through life, get help. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to get the job done. Whatever it takes to get the problem solved. God never intended us to go through life, much less the Christian life, alone. We are here to help one another. As believers, we're going to have some problems. And we all have problems. And sometimes those are big problems and we need help. We need help from God and we need help from each other. This forcep is just so essential. We just need to enlist others to help us with our problems. And then step number five, persevere until the problem, until your problem is resolved. Nehemiah persevered until his task was done. He didn't let pessimism stop him or ridicule stop him or threats stop him. He didn't let anything stop him. He just persevered. And in only 52 days, the wall around Jerusalem was rebuilt. That's kind of amazing. I mean, here the wall of this holy city had laid in ruins for some 140 years. And because of one man's determination, because of one man's perseverance, it stood again in just 52 days. What amazing things can happen when God and his people work together. The lesson is clear. We too must persevere until the task is done, until the problem is solved. In spite of the difficulties that we may be having, we must persevere. In spite of the trials that we may be dealing with or facing in our lives, we must keep on going. One step won't take you very far. You've got to keep on walking. One word won't tell people who you are. You've got to keep on talking. One inch won't make you very tall. You've got to keep on growing. One little call won't do it all. You've got to keep on going. That's exactly what Nehemiah did. He kept on going, got the job done. And we must not give up and get the job done. We must take this fifth step here and persevere until our problems is solved. That brings us to our practical application. What are we going to do as a result of this morning's message Let me suggest three action steps this morning. Again, we want to be hearers, and then we want to be doers of the Word. Number one, prayerfully consider how you respond to life's problems. I mean, sometimes what we do with our problems is we ignore them. Or we hide them. And so how do you handle your problems? And so think about that. And think about losing, using including the Lord in the process. 
Now, number two, commit yourself to handling these problems in a way that honors God. I think the most powerful witness, one of the most powerful witnesses we have as Christians is not the fact that we don't have problems, but that we handle our problems in a way that honors God. (laughs) And so that's my challenge to you. Just again, how can I use this problem and working on this issue to give glory and praise to God? And then, last of all, like Nehemiah, use these five steps to persevere through your problems. And let me just remind you of those one more time. Have a clear, positive vision of what you'd like to see happen with your problem. Number two, ask for God's help with your problem. Now, number three, uh, carefully plan what needs to be done about your problem. Enlist others to help you with your problem. And then last, persevere until your problem is resolved. You know, people, the greatest problem that we have in our lives is sin. And the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. What we deserve because of our sin is to be separated from God. It's a big problem. But, but again, the book of Romans 6.23 says, But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, Jesus went to the cross to help solve our, our sin problem, to forgive us and to provide us with salvation that we might spend eternity with him. And so as we close, uh, think about that that issue in in your life. We're going to be singing uh, this Sunday, Come Just As You Are, as a closing song. And people, that song just emphasizes the fact that the Lord will take us exactly the way we are with all of our problems and all of our sins and all of our struggles. And He'll take us and He'll forgive us and he'll make us whole. And, and that's my prayer for you. Let, let, let me pray for you this morning. Dear Father, I thank you so very much for this opportunity to share. And God, I pray that you'll just help us as we struggle sometimes with the problems of, of life. God, again, I pray that we will, again, honor you in how we handle the problems of life that will depend upon you and will depend upon your people to help us through these difficulties. God, I pray that you'll help us as you help Nehemiah to solve the problems of life. God, work in us. That's my prayer today, that you might work through us to impact others. We pray all this in the powerful name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. We want to thank you again for listening, but before I leave you this morning, just want to invite the families who might be listening to come and share with us on Saturday evening. Saturday is going to be Halloween, and we usually have a trunk or treat. But this year, we thought it'd be safer to have just a drive-through trick or treat. And so from 5 to 7 o'clock in our church parking lot, there's going to be candy available. And all you have to do is just drive through. We just uh, would like for you to come and just join us and have a good time uh, together. Again, we thank you so very much for listening, and we pray God's blessing upon you in the week ahead.